0: Hey everybody, once again, happy Halloween, and once again, welcome to another episode of Aaron and Patricia. My name is Aaron. My name is Patricia. And you join us on the 31st of November of 2021. You know what that means, Halloween. Ooh, so, yeah. Okay, um, we're not in costume, by the way, so uh, unfortunately, have to disappoint you <laughs> with that. But uh, hey, yeah, uh, but uh, hey, we still got a really good sh- show for you to uh, go on with. So uh, we're gonna talk about Halloween a little bit uh, later on in the show. Uh, we're gonna talk about the uh, Bar Mitzvah episode uh, for the Ghost of Molly McGee, and uh, also we're gonna talk about uh, shipping. That seems to be going on in the show. We're gonna talk about that show by Ginger. Uh, we've also got uh, Matt Braley saying uh, if you want amphibian merchandise, you've got to ask for it. Uh, Big City Greens is gonna be getting merchandise. Uh, held to- topic here speak of the devil uh also we're going to tell you about the trailer for the new Lightyear movie uh the um Coraline and get out is going to be giving us a uh, uh, wendell and wild uh so, so the people who created that show is going to give us something new we can tell you about that too uh sony mania 2 has been scrapped internally according to sega um also we're going to be having another uh smash brothers s brawl uh brought to you by a the a very unusual company uh we're going to also talk to you about uh, nintendo switch online's n64 games having some issues uh, we're going to tell you also about uh the last night's uh playstation state of play the last night being this week and also we're going to tell you about apple uh, saying it's competing in the uh games console market uh, but we're going to need to tell you a bit more about that uh you are listening to aaron and patricia on the 31st of november of uh, 2021 okay so in regards to the arrow show um sorry on the delay once again on the live stream being posted up and uh, we'll be uh trying to get that up as soon as we can we're just still uh, kind of like putting it all together and stuff we might just put it up as is i think at this point so uh you know we pretty much sure you can see it already on the old school in podcast uh sorry on the old school in youtube channel and also on the old school in
1: podcast too uh speaking of the old school in podcast uh, patricia what's going on on your side of things well, I'm going to be recording two new episodes of Casual Chats later on today. I've been all over the place. Uh, sorry, everyone. But one that I did post up is, as told by Ginger, which we're going to be talking about a little later. So uh, that's going to be one. And the second one, uh, you know, because, you know, Halloween and all that stuff, uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, the revival season two, where I'm going to be talking about that with my friend, that long hair creepy guy. And uh, so, funny enough, uh, today just so happens to be the 30th anniversary of the original Are You Afraid of the Dark, where it aired in 1991 in Nickelodeon, but it did air a year prior in YTV, which makes a lot of sense because it was a Canadian show that was brought into Nickelodeon. So yeah, it's kind of crazy to think that um, you know it's been 30 years of a pretty well-known iconic Nickelodeon anthology series, and if you're interested in hearing about my thoughts of Are You Afraid of the Dark to get yourself catch up until... Uh, we get over to the season two of the revival of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, I did the podcast of the original Are You Afraid of the Dark with the guys behind the Big Orange Couch. Or if you want to listen to season one of the revival of Are You Afraid of the Dark, where I talked about it with my friend Creepy and I, we did that it's almost, I, no, it, it's been exactly two years ago. So if you're interested in listening to that, then go check it out on um, all of my podcast uh, affiliates, uh, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, all those places.
0: Yeah, we're pretty much everywhere at this point. So, you know, yeah, like pretty it. much. it's kind it's of about to of of at this day play. So, mm-hmm.
1: cool. So anyway, uh, today
0: is Halloween, and so I thought, uh, giving Halloween, I think maybe we should talk a little bit more a little bit about it. So, I mean, uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark is obviously being uh, being uh, fronted by uh, Nickelodeon. Obviously, at this time of year, what else would be uh, also uh, put in the front? Besides our real monsters, and obviously, you know, all the uh, Halloween episodes. Yeah, the one thing I will say about uh, Halloween, and in regards to uh, the stuff at least we talk about, is that, uh, you know, when it comes to Halloween, I mean, I guess your go-to place, I think probably for us has probably always been Nickelodeon. I mean, at least, you know, like, you know, if you're, you know, we criticize Nickelodeon all the time for, like, the the abundance of Spongebob that we constantly get thrown at us. But, I mean, to be honest, like, you know, look back in the day and look a bit deeper, and if you look at a particular one part of the day, at least Nickelodeon will have something, you know, in regards to that. Like, you know, he had the Monster Madness, you know, evenings, you know, back in the day. So, like, you know, he used to give us, you know, your tales of the Crypt Keeper, are we all monsters, and are you afraid of the dark? So he gave us, like, a, you know, a scary block and so you know it wouldn't surprise me in the slices if people still have uh um you know a soft spot for nickelodeon in regards to this time of the year
1: not to mention that it actually has some of the best episodes of their respected shows and it would be halloween specials uh everybody remembers arnold's halloween uh the very first episode of our real monsters is a halloween episode and it's the one that's getting constantly played over and over again in fact whenever people associate all real monsters they always associate it with that episode because it's a halloween episode um there's also angry beaver's halloween episode which is a parody of 1950s horror movies um invader zim's halloween special is really really creepy um yeah i mean a lot of people just have a lot of fond memories of these particular specials mm-hmm and
0: uh, I think this will be a good time to segue into a top 10, would you believe? So, uh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, as we always do in these podcasts. So um, we're going to look here at uh, the top, uh, what ScreenRant considers the top 10 best uh, Nickelodeon themed uh, Halloween episodes. So okay. which, uh, Shall we go through and see what we think? Okay. Okay. Number 10 in this list is Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide Halloween and Vampires Werewolves, Ghosts, and Zombies.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty good episode. I would say it's um, definitely not one of the best in terms of like Nesty Classified because, you know, a lot of the episodes, um, you know, they are tend to be like really relatable, but at the same time, really goofy. But yeah, this is definitely like planning about like, you know, what's to be the best in terms of Halloween. And yeah, it's a pretty good, ep- it's a pretty uh, good episode. I've got
0: to right. be honest, Nesty Classified school survival guy came far too late for me. I think, it did yeah, too it, for me yeah. too, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah but said- I, I mean, I definitely a lot. I enjoyed it a lot more than Drake and Josh, and that's not because of my <laughs> my bias not liking Dan Schneider. But um, no, it's Scott Fellows did a pretty good job in doing his own take of a live action show, but kind of like make it cartoony considering that he worked on shows such as Wienerville and the fairly odd parents. And, you know, he would do the pretty much the same thing over again, like a decade later with 100 things to do before high school or something where he tried to recreate the same thing again, then that didn't exactly turn out very well, but yeah, uh, definitely. um, That's a pretty decent episode and not a bad choice. I would say. Mm
0: -hmm. Number nine in this list is uh, Danny Phantom's Friday night.
1: That's a really good one, actually. It's uh, it, I mean, I know that we, we would think like, oh, you know, show about ghosts. It's like that's to be expected for having a, a scary episode. But yeah, this is actually a really, really good episode of Danny Phantom.
0: Yeah. You know, going back to Danny Phantom, like uh, I could see like uh, if they ever like, uh, I mean, I don't know Nickelodeon will ever do it because obviously six to 11 demographic. But I could see like uh, Danny Phantom like going for like uh, having a dark spinoff. I could always
1: say if if they bring or back the ori- or like that. if they if they bring back the original crew who worked on it especially Steve Marmel, who was essential in working at a lot of these uh Butch Hartman shows he was like uh he wrote some of the best episodes of not only uh Danny Phantom but also Fairly Odd Parents, and that's great but he left after season 2 because of some sort of disagreement with him and Butch and then um yeah i think Butch you know by himself or like you know people who were kind of like yes men to him it didn't exactly turn out very well it especially it didn't help much that Nickelodeon rushed Danny Phantom because it was being canceled and they had to like rush the storyline. So, yeah. Anyway, but if they can do a dark reboot, then I could see that possibly happening.
0: Hmm. Do, do you know what? Uh, do you know what I'd love to see do like their own like a variation of Danny Phantom. What's that? goski
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: I don't mean, get. I don't mean, think got his got his hands on it. Um, yeah,
1: Gendy would be really, really interesting. I mean, after all, they do know each other. They worked together in Hanna Barbera back in the day. So, yeah, yeah I mean, in, like, in that case, then uh, I
0: think, I think if uh, I think if Nickelodeon offered it to him, I think he probably probably turn it down then. Because I mean, ones,
1: you know, yeah, Gendy's Gen- I mean, yeah, I think that Genndy would want to focus more on his own stuff than try to like reboot an old property, unless it's Popeye. But even then, that and, uh, I think that um, Genndy is more like into like his own creations.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, number 8 in this list is uh, The Very Oddparents' uh, Scary Godparents, Season 2, yeah, Episode 12.
1: Yeah, that's actually a pretty good episode, once again going into Butch Hartman. Um, you have, um, you know, Timmy wishing that all the monsters are real, and then you have like this really big, <laughs> climactic battle with robots. Our and...
0: protagonist, everybody.
1: <laughs> of course, what do you expect? I mean, this is Timmy Turner, for crying out loud.
0: Yeah, I- I'll be honest, this is Timmy Turner in like Season 2, so I guess it's I guess it's forgivable.
1: So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as opposed to like in the later seasons, in which, you know, you have all these additional characters, and then you have all these like wishes that kind of like just go way out of proportion. So yeah,
0: yeah, like I don't know, like as Sydney Sweeney, like in the later seasons, like the fact that he doesn't have like any friends anymore, just seems to be like kind of hanging around like his fairy godparents and like you know all the supernatural characters. It makes me wonder if he was losing his mind at that point.
1: Okay. I I don't know. I mean, considering the fact that. You know, the show was canceled five times. And that's something that Butch Harmon even confirmed himself in one of his podcasts. And I, I don't know why. It's like every time that they brought it back again and again, it's like it, they felt like they had to include something to keep the show relevant. And it just spiraled even more down towards like, uh, man, maybe it should have stayed canceled.
0: Maybe. Okay. Number seven is a Zoe 101 Haunted House.
1: Oh man, <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan of Zoe 101 to be quite honest. I, I mean, never watched I... the
0: show. Like, uh, yeah, okay okay, so for, okay,
1: so here's an interesting fact that some some of you guys may not know. Um, have you ever you remember the Amanda show?
0: Um, yeah, unfortunately, I do.
1: Okay, so here's the thing. So the Amanda show had this segment called um, Moody's Point, which was supposed to be a parody of Dawson's Creek. where, you know, you have like, you know, them going through like melodramatic life, but it's kind of like a parody of some sort. So they originally wanted to make a series based off of Moody's point, because if you remember from the last episode of the Amanda show, there was a cliffhanger where we find out that Moody's adopted and her real parents are circus performers. What? So they wanted to do a series of that, but it never happened. And so all the segments and elements that were inspired by moody's point were put into zoe 101 the the shots and the the, the the fact that it takes place in a school and all that kind of stuff so yeah there's your interesting fact so yeah i did
0: amanda Bynes <laughs> actually appear in that show
1: no no
0: okay then, yeah because i think i don't remember when was it when she had the personal issues like uh, uh
1: this, i mean this was like around the late 2000s i think that you know remember the one of the last movies that she was in was easy a and then yeah. afterwards she kind of like took a hiatus because she was going through a lot.
0: Yeah, she was. And so, um, yeah, but. so Yeah, but
1: she never appeared in the show. Jamie Lynn Spears was actually the star of Zoe 101 because she was in all that. And because, you know, Britney Spears was like hugely popular. So anyway, so, yeah, mm. I've never really liked Zoe 101, even though a lot of people say that it's like their favorite Dan Schneider show, which I don't understand why. But anyway, so, yeah, I, I don't really care for it. And as for this Halloween special, I don't care for it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Number six is uh, Hey uh, Arnold's Halloween, of course. I
1: I did a video on this a few years ago um, where I talked about uh, Arnold's Halloween. And I talked about, you know, the, uh, the inspiration of, you know, when Arnold and Gerald did the radio show, because it was based off of Orson Welles when he did war of the world. So go watch that video, but yeah, it's, it's a classic. It's definitely one of the best episodes that featured in Hey Arnold. And, uh, yeah, it, it definitely gives that creepy atmosphere and it's able to play into that parody of the radio performance really, really well.
0: Mm -hmm. number 5 is uh, Spongebob Squarepants uh, Scaredy Pants and uh, I'll give Spongebob a fly on this one because it is uh, season 1 episode 13 so it is one of the better episodes of of, uh, Spongebob Squarepants
1: yeah it's a classic I mean a lot of people you know say it as that I mean it has a lot of the goofiness of Spongebob but also has a bit of a creepiness when the Flying Dutchman comes along and Spongebob trying to figure out what his costume is going to be so yeah it's definitely a classic Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, number 4 is uh, Big Time Rush Big Time Halloween
1: Uh, Okay, once again. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not a big fan of you know all of these like shows that try to cash in on like hey you know we have this um, you know pop group that we're going to have a TV show based off of this it's like I guess after they were done with the Naked Brothers band it's like who's going to be the next one oh big time rush and so yeah I mean to be I, honest
0: I, like it wasn't Nickelodeon didn't follow this as well like keep in mind like it had uh, I mean uh, Cartoon Network had uh, you know what was it Puffy Ami Yumi or something like that and uh, yeah but know.
1: but here's the yeah but here's the thing it's like that was animated and that wasn't actually based off of the actual Japanese pop group itself They didn't even actually voice as the characters I mean even though that they did show in segments Here and there so yeah it's a little Weird I mean yeah, it was I don't know how that
0: came about like I heard something like you know Oh because well, we did like the theme for like you know the, uh, the Teen, Teen Titans. Titans yeah so yeah. obviously we, we want our own show Or something along those lines I don't know so it's it's, it's, a, yeah. it's, a,
1: it's a long it's a long story yeah. but yeah i mean like can you remember like in a time in which like you know if a singer was like really really popular that they got their own animated series I well mean- i mean
0: scooby i mean scooby-doo i mean like okay this doesn't really count but as much i mean like keep in mind they had like sonny and Sharon, like you know the scooby-doo movies and uh, they had like uh what was the what was the other they had like some country singers also in that in that in that series as well so i mean like yeah they had a lot of it would make sense to have like guest stars like you know keep in mind like you know nelly Furtado had like you know a a bit in all that you know depending you can track it down but so you know if you want to watch it today but uh you know it wasn't the fact that you know they just gave them their own shows because they happen to be that it's not like uh you know like now we have like jojo siwa like having her own like you know animated series and stuff like that right right yeah a line needs to be drawn people you know between like, you know, who counts as a guest and who counts as a show. Right. Uh, So, yeah. But I agree with you, that's about that. Um, Okay, number three in this, uh, I don't know about this one. Uh, The Angry Beavers, uh, the day the world got really screwed up. uh,
1: I love this episode so much, by the way. It's my second favorite episode of Angry Beavers. So, okay, here's here's the gist. So if you have ever seen the Angry Beavers, you know that Norbert and Daggett love horror movies they love watching b horror movies even though that and face value they are terrible but they're just terrified of it so the episode is about them going trick-or-treating a day early and then they go over to their favorite celebrity's house and it just so happens that aliens come by and take it over and then they're being controlled and it actually plays off like a 1950s horror movie it is hilarious seriously we need to watch this together it is such a funny
0: funny episode yeah i'm trying to remember what my favorite angry beavers episode is actually it's like it's a it's a mixture between like you know there's the episode where uh, you know um they have that, bit that they have that deal over that lickety split and then the uh, dagger gets the boss you know norbert yeah right, i remember that episode yeah it's that episode and uh then there's one like uh the uh the the uh oh, the, the blastonbury or like the uh the, the hullabalooza ep- episode of uh, oh you're um,
1: talking about um you're talking about a bummer of flower. love
0: yeah the one with tree flower in it yeah yeah bummer one, of love
1: yes that's that's yeah. the S S C. In one episode,
0: yeah, and uh, so uh yeah, there's uh, there's quite a few viewers in there, but mind you, like uh, I mean, we go about this every single time we talk about the angry viewers. Like, I really, you know, out of all the uh, reanimations that have been done, you know, like uh, where you have like twelve second, like you know, animators coming in to like edit, like uh, you know, a YouTube video or something like that. No one's ever done like an animated version of the uh of, of the oh, last Bye Beavers. episode. Yeah, even they though they never the, did that. Even though the sound, even though like you know the voice, the voice, you know, like the voice track actually exists. <laughs> it's actually out there online.
1: Yes, so, it is. Yeah.
0: Anyway, yeah. I think we need to do like uh I don't know, get a GoFundMe going or something like that. Pay a bunch of commit artists like commission that and just get that animated already. And like there's, yeah. there's the final episode <laughs> of the show.
1: Well, if if we have like ten thousand dollars that we can be able to pay these people, then I would love to do that.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh number two in this list i mean this is going to be an obvious one it's uh, are you afraid of the dark But mind you you can stick any, any are you afraid of the dark episode in this list couldn't you like well uh,
1: technically there are they've only been like one or two episodes that actually take place in halloween
0: oh right okay the the tale of the laugh the tale of the laughing in the dark
1: i don't think that's a halloween episode actually <laughs> no
0: i didn't think so either so what were the uh, do you know off the, off the head what the halloween episodes were I I think, I, can't remember. I think there
1: was a season one episode. It's kind of like the tale of the, what was it like the monkey's claw or something like that. That I think that was a Halloween episode from what I remember, but yeah, tale of laughing in the dark is not a Halloween episode. The only reason why people remember it is because it features Zebo the clown and Zebo the clown is a very iconic monster in, are you afraid of the dark? And DJ McHale says that it's actually his personal favorite episode because he is actually afraid of clowns. And when he came up, with the idea of that episode he said that um you know he put in all of his fears into that clown and put it into this and so a lot of people remember that for that reason you
0: know, you know what i've i just typed in the, are you afraid of the dark halloween episodes and all they are just basically just a load of top tens of like are you afraid of the dark <laughs> 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 yeah, so I can't find the exact ones, unfortunately. Sorry, guys. Eh, don't worry but, yeah. about it. It's fine. I think everyone on Halloween is just kind of just Googling, "Are you afraid of the dark?" and you're just uh, looking for like the best episodes. So, I mean, you know. they're going to be and doing
1: g- it now, considering that it is the 30th anniversary today.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so good on you. If, uh, 30th anniversary and also Halloween. You know what? What else could you do? Exactly. So, okay. And uh, oh, interesting. The number one in this list, according to Screen Rounds, the number one best Nickelodeon Halloween episode is "The Loud House Tricked." Hmm. Wow. So, I mean, me and Patricia are massively versed in the house. I mean, we know of the show, but uh, I mean, I've, seen
1: a, I've seen a I've seen a good amount of the episodes, but not all of it. I've yeah. been super busy lately. I,
0: I only saw a couple of the episodes featuring uh, you know Luna and uh, and um, uh, Sam. Uh, Sam, yeah, because obviously you know I'm a big fan of the ship, but uh, you know obviously so you know it's a you know quite a, a monumental ship as well because I think it was the first was it the first lesbian uh, ship I think in uh, Nickelodeon.
1: Um, I, it was, I guess I'm it mistaken. is because Cora and Asami are both bisexual. So, um, I guess when it comes to lesbians, I think they are, yeah,
0: yeah, okay. Uh, so, uh, just to recap of this one, the light of became one of the closing on any show, yeah, okay, with the uh, five seasons, uh, yeah, definitely tricked uh, following uh, Lincoln and Clyde as they set out on the trick or to uh, in a fancy neighborhood in hopes of uh, getting full size candy bars. Meanwhile, uh, the older sisters, uh, Lucy plans to create a uh, greatest uh, haunted house ever, combining fun trick or treat stories with a uh, spooky haunted house, uh, which is why this episode ranks so high. So, like, mm. uh, so again some commentary and also it's a uh, you know gives us the you know the, the, you know, the uh what you expect in a halloween episode yeah, so, that's pretty good yeah yeah so funny enough like you know that there's an are you afraid of the dark episode in here i thought some hey arnold episodes would have appeared in this list i don't you know Wait, what like, do you mean
1: uh, we did we, we talked about arnold's halloween
0: yeah well, yeah we did arnold's halloween but i thought more of them would, would have appeared in that oh, Unless, oh okay yeah. you
1: mean like a headless cabbie or something
0: exactly like uh, you know and i would even rate the uh you know the um the one with the uh the, the ghost bride as well. Oh, the ghost well, Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, and it had a really creepy ending to it, too. And like, Four
1: you Eyed know. Jack would have been an interesting one to put in there, too. Oh, Four Eyed Jack
0: was definitely creepy. Yeah, like, uh, the, the, you know, Craig uh, and you have to do creepy episodes of F. A. Arnold. Uh, I'll definitely yeah. say that. So yeah, so yeah, that's uh, our uh, thing for Halloween. So guys, I uh, hope you all enjoy Halloween. Hope you get a lot of candy, and uh, yeah, just hope your dentist's isn't, appointment isn't tomorrow. So
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like in that Fairly Oddparents episode in which, like, I think uh, you know the kids just you know wanted to have like a whole bunch of candy, and then the next day they ended up in the dentist.
0: Yeah, like yeah, uh, wasn't the, the dentist like the uh, the you know one of the antagonists in the in the show? Yes,
1: it, it, voiced by Gilbert Gottfried.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, of course, Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> So he wasn't. The uh, show he wasn't asking for hand jobs and cheese sandwich. But oh jeez, uh... no!
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that Joan Rivers roast will have, will last forever. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, right. Moving on. So um, we've been talking about the Ghost of Molly McGee, even though we have not actually yes. seen the show as of yet. We've only just been seeing clips and like just reading news and things like that. Yeah, but, uh, I mean,
1: we-, we have to watch it, even though that the episodes are already out on Disney Plus. Hey. And by the way, um, get want to give a quick um, plug for Bill Motz, uh, the uh, creator, co-creator of Molly McGee. So he had mentioned on Twitter that if you know his fans are able to watch uh, the first episode of Molly McGee on YouTube, and it reaches 1 million views, then he and a few of the crew members are going to donate some money to charity. Wow. And, and, um, the, the, the choices were, um, let's see, what was it? Doctors without borders, um, the Trevor project. And the third one, I, uh, the Sierra club, that's what it was. Yeah. So well, usually yeah. when they
0: give like a, you're going to give a selection. Usually, uh, you know, usually people get, or well, everyone gets a piece of the pie usually. So
1: I don't know. I mean, I think they just wanted to try it out, you know, as an experiment, like the first time. So they did All a right. poll and, you know, you get to choose between one of three charities, uh, you know, what they would, you know, donate the money to. So yeah, if you're interested in donating to these causes, then uh, yeah, go watch it on YouTube and uh, see if you can be able to, you know, help them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: so, um, yeah, definitely do that because, uh, you know, that's a re- really worthy cause. So, um, but, uh, just going back to what we are going to talk about, uh, is that, uh, Disney's, uh, new series has, uh, decided to make a spot-on bar mitzvah episode. So, uh, um, bar mitzvah, bat yes. Bar mitzvah episode, yeah, I do a you know, it's like, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, I, so, I, I know, it's, still, it's, it's very you confusing, know what yes. You know, what I'm going to do is, uh, I keep referring back to, you know, Harold's bar mitzvah in the Hey Arnold episode, you know, shout-out to Justin Janker for, uh, for yeah. when I want to put that out to him, but, um... So, uh, we're going to be having the, uh, the Bat Misfair episode basically. And uh, so, um, Libby is, uh, as I've put most probably more the, uh, you know, uh, smarter fans know, she's uh, for, you know, she, she is Jewish descent. And uh, so um, they're going to be doing an episode based on her. And uh, I believe you said that it was, um, you know, not commonplace, I think, for uh, for, for girls to have. There, but,
1: there, had, there hasn't been a lot of animated series that has a bot mitzvah. They have, there's been a lot of bar mitzvah episodes. Kim Possible had one. Hey Arnold had one. Uh, Arthur had one with Francine's cousin. But um, yeah, as for like bot mitzvah, I know that Disney Channel had one already a few years ago. But yeah, that's not very common to see a bot mitzvah episode which it's basically the same thing, except that it's for a girl transitioning, you know, to a woman when she, you know, stands up and reads the Torah and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we saw a clip of that. And uh but by, by the way, I think uh, you know, it's I love how like you know, they you know how, how dramatic you know the uh, the characters are in some in some in in, in this and uh you know like I give the fact that Libby is like supposed to be like one of the outcast, you know, uh, members of the uh of the show. And yeah, uh, yeah, so she's supposed to be it, like
1: the awkward, shy character, and then Molly's supposed to be bringing out the best of her. Yeah,
0: so, yeah. So I like, that's that's the story arc that they're going on in a minute. Like, you know, this is the thing I like about some Molly McGee, like it may be episodic. But at the same time, like at least they're starting to like evolve, evolve the characters as, as as we go along. So, yeah, it's, it's kind
1: of like Phineas and Ferb in a way. Yeah,
0: yeah, it is. So at least at least they're doing that, which I think is a good thing. And so, um, so you know, obviously, you know, Libby's advising, you know, Molly over to where you know the the bad misper episode, episode the bad for you know, ceremony, and so she's going to go from a girl to a woman, and you know, they play that whole thing out, and so, uh, you know, Scratch obviously is just playing this for jokes, which obviously you know you do as a site as a you know, part of a you know comedy duo, so that's that. Yeah, I mean, you know, him thinking
1: that yeah botmus was like with bats yes
0: yeah yeah so um so i you yeah, know that that bit was great and uh, i think you know there's a lot of people going to get a lot out of that episode because apparently it is supposed to be kind of spot on from what uh, you know com- commentators have, have said and uh, we've yet to see the episode yeah. so we've yet to comment on it but so uh, you know i think uh, if you're a fan of that kind of thing then uh, indeed you're kind of like more realism in guessing in getting animation you know even though it's a an animated show i guess that's your place to go for uh, for that particular thing so going to everyone that's uh, seen the episode Uh, But there was one thing that uh, also got picked up, and uh, I thought maybe we should probably have this as a conversation on the side, is that, uh, you know, a lot of people now, and I don't know if this comes from, you know, how spoiled we've been with, uh, say, Adventure Time or, you know, um, The Owl House or, like, uh, you know, Steven Universe for for that. Like, the fact that we've had so many great shows before this, but, I mean, immediately, like, you know, as as this fandom has grown from various other factions, And, you know, the animation world, if you will, like people have already started saying, you know, like they look at Molly and they look at Libby and they think they're going to become a couple in the future.
1: Yeah, Yeah, to be quite honest, it's always been that way. It's always been that way in which like you see these two people together. It's like, yeah, I ship them. You remember the... But here's the thing, like, before we get into
0: that, is that, you know, you and I, you know, we've been through several fandoms, and so you and I know what we're accustomed to, but then you see YouTube videos, and, like, you know, they're the clickbaity YouTube videos. You know what they're like, and you know, they're saying, you know, yeah. you know, like, uh, something that has been seen multiple times already it's being done again, and, like, because uh, I've never seen it for the first time, and I'm, like, 19, 18, 19 years old and have no, you know, life experience whatsoever, but here's you know, a, a YouTube videos get me, like, you know, Google a thousand views, and you know, if he subscribe to my Patreon or whatever, but uh, you know, it's like, it's uh, you know, some of the people who like who are complaining about this, like you know, you know, characters being are being shipped, like you know, like it's like a new thing that's just a phenomenon that's happening. Apparently, it's supposed it needs to stop or whatever. It's like you know, like uh, welcome to fandomism. Basically, it's like it's just a, the, the, you know there's more couples being put together than you know like you know a, a, a you know than you know a, a, a night at somebody's you know somebody uh, a swinger party you know like it's just it's a, that's the way you know these fandoms have been you know like it's, uh, it, it's get, been you, that way for a way. long time exactly yeah so treat it as a new phenomenon is mind blowing to me because like we've anyone who's been part of a fandom knows that you know ca- characters get shipped with one another all the time. Yeah. You know, All the like time. When I was when I was in uh, the Star Fox fandom, you know, you can probably imagine the amount of uh, partners that Fox McCloud has had. You can probably imagine I've been in the hey Arnold fandom and you know so even though Arnold and Helga is obviously you know the main fan like some people say Arnold and Phoebe and some other people say like you know you know Helga should go with Stinky or whatever like you know those also Harold ended up either with Big Patty or did it with with Rhonda or ended up with Lila or you know other be other you know girls in the show you're like you know it's if this is normal people like you know you know Molly and Libby being shipped together is not a new phenomenon in no, any stretch not. of the imagination. So everybody freaking out about it is like, you know, guys, calm down. You know, I mean, to be you know, I mean, every, you know, people have to start from somewhere. Exactly. So, mind you, I would probably refer, you know, Molly and Libby to, uh, you know, Molly and Scratch. Going on what? On uh, yeah, that probably exists somewhere, I guarantee you. But, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, like, uh, but I can see where it's coming from. I mean, like, we've had losing and Amity now, and we had Lumity, yeah. and uh, we've had... There's um, there's a
1: there's well. a lot of uh, fanfics that I've been seeing circulated online. They're they're shipping Lucy and Hunter.
0: Yeah, exactly. And there's that too. Like you know, when, uh, mind you, like one of the creepiest ships I think you and I probably came came across was when people were trying to like in the Incredibles fandom was trying to ship uh, you know Violet with uh, you know Syndrome. Which is like you know, that that made no sense.
1: That made no but, sense. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. So um, unfortunately, you know, not unfortunately, like this is this is just normal behavior amongst fandoms, you know. Like, yeah. Uh, I
1: mean, like when I was in college, you know, people were shipping, you know, there was like a, a debate about whether Katara would be with Aang or Katara would be with Zuko. So yeah, yeah that, that does tend to happen. And, and then later on like... we
0: found out that Zuko had somebody already. So yeah, like, May, uh, yes. Yeah, May, exactly. So yeah, I mean, like, uh, so this type of stuff goes on. And uh, so it's, uh, you know, just because just because the fans are doing it doesn't necessarily mean it's probably going to end up in the show. We don't know yet. You know, like, uh, it could happen. You know, like, uh, but here's the thing, I think if they did do something like that, I mean, like, given the way that the format of the show seems to be going, like, it would probably have to be, like, either a movie event, or it'd have to be, like, a TV movie event, or, like, a special, like, it can't just be, like, an episode in the show, it's not like, it's not like the Owl House, where, like, you know, you have to, you know, you get, keep talked by every episode, because, you know, something big's gonna happen you know right Yeah, it's it's, it's not like that so i think the way molly mcgee is going around right now i think it's gonna be it's not gonna be right away it's not gonna be as as quickly as like we've been treated to i think in other cartoon shows i think it needs some time Mm -hmm. i think if we are gonna if we're gonna get there at all basically yeah
1: i mean like how long has the show been out for like a few weeks so yeah yeah, give it some time
0: exactly All right, so um, Molly McGee out of the way. Uh, Babe, while I go get a drink, why don't you tell everybody what's going on with uh, the new As Told By Ginger video you're going to be releasing on Old School Wing?
1: Okay. So I have been planning for the longest time on doing a video on "As Told by Ginger inspired by uh, digital gaming or digital movies or, you know, one of those like interesting facts. So all the stuff that I've been learning over the past few years, I have been putting into um, this video that I wanted to like. Put out there in honor of the 21st anniversary I know that 21st anniversary is like oh but it's not like a, the milestone year it's not like 20 or 25 or 30 or anything like that but I wanted to do something special for the series and you know a lot of people really like my it's told by ginger stuff I actually put out a poll not too long ago uh, saying about like what have been your favorite podcasts, and a lot of the stuff was based off of where in between or even the um, the virtual reunion live stream even though I guess if you did listen to it on anchor or Spotify I guess that would kind of count as a podcast but i started off as like a a video live stream but you could listen to it but i would suggest that you watch it because i did show a lot of pictures over there so um i think that if you are interested in learning about um some facts of as told by ginger if you're new to my channel that you didn't know about then i would suggest that you wait until i release the video the script is finished I just need to edit it, which, you know, as you guys know, editing does take a lot of time. And also that... Um, there were some, some things that I didn't even bring up in my discussions of any of my videos or in where in between or anything like that. But yes, um, I was able to bring out some facts that I did discuss about in previous videos and in uh, previous podcasts, but I was just able to put them all together into this one specific video. Uh, there are going to be some things that are going to be left out, obviously, because I can't share everything. I mean, I definitely want to have enough people to know about As Told by Ginger. But at the same time, if you're interested in learning more, then you should check out the rest of my content. So yes, I am planning on hopefully releasing it sometime. I don't know, maybe this coming week. But it's it's been a lot because, you know, I'm finishing up with school and um, I got final exams to study for. So yeah, it's going to be a lot coming. So yeah, I do have the script finished, and I'm just doing the editing process of the video right now, but I hope that you uh, enjoy it when I post it up there.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, I should really learn to probably pour myself a drink before, uh, you know, I start doing these podcasts. Like, I, <laughs> I it, it just seems to be the last thing that was on my mind every time I do one of these things.
1: That's fine, it's fine. Mm. Uh, I, sometimes I even forget to bring my drink with me, so I understand what you're coming from. Yeah,
0: maybe you might go next uh, when I'm talking about, uh, you know, the, the Nintendo Switch online in 64 games. So, uh, <laughs>
1: I will have nothing to say about it because as you know I never grew up with a Nintendo 64 and I've barely even played it so it's like yeah Nintendo 64 games not doing well um oh, <laughs> sorry I don't know I don't know what to say
0: okay Okay, let's get on with uh, Matt Broyley uh, He's uh, said that... Uh, now, apparently, there's been a lot of uh, talk about uh, amphibian merchandise. And so I believe that, you know, there's unofficial merchandise currently being done by the Mystery Shack, I think, at the moment. Yes. Is there, there is. So there is unofficial merchandise currently being done by the Mystery Shack at the moment. However, people are asking, you know, hey, when are we going to get the official merch? Like, kind of like the Owl House and, like, you know, all the other shows that are currently getting, including Big City Greens, which we're going to be talking about soon. But... Um, uh, Matt Braley has basically turned around to Twitter and said, look, if you want Amphibian merchandise, you've got to ask for it. So um, he said tweet Hot Topic and tweet a few other uh, people as well. Uh, demand Amphibian merchandise. And uh, if uh, they get enough uh, buzz, then, yeah, they'll they'll release some stuff. So. Yeah,
1: remember that rumor that we talked about a few weeks ago, discussing about like the New York City Toy Fair was going to be having Funko figurines of amphibia, and Matt actually confirmed saying, "No, I never was contacted by Funko to talk about like uh you know like Funko figurines." So, yeah, uh, again, we we did say take it with a grain of salt. So apparently, it is not true. So right. yes, he. Ev- oh, huh? so you,
0: who who originally
1: reported that? I'm trying to think. I don't remember. It was like some rumor that was going around. Somebody said that, oh, the New York Toy Fair is going to be having, you know, Owl House and and, and Amphibia Funko figurines. And we said, take it with a grain of salt because it wasn't officially announced by the New York Toy Fair or Funko itself. So. Um, Matt said, you know, I was never contacted by f- the Funko company about this, so... Um, but if you do want to see it, then please let them know. Okay, and because, even, yeah, even... I, was,
0: I was confused because I didn't know what to kind of like, you know... Uh, I know that there was... I didn't realize that was the trigger for it. Like, you know, the fact that I so, say, you know, the... Uh, we're disappointed that there's no gonna be no, you know, Anne Boon Choi Funko figurines or anything like that. Yeah, so, like, um...
1: like, they were saying, like, it was gonna be Anne sprig poly and Hot pop but to be honest with no. you
0: like I-, I would rather have an amphibia t-shirt or like something else i mean i've got to be honest like look at look at my shelf back here do I look like i collect funko figurines back here i mean like uh <laughs> no. yeah i don't so um as far as i'm concerned i mean i wouldn't uh you know particularly be if they said oh hey there's an ambun Choi funko figurine or a marcy you know funko figurine i could be like nah You know, like, uh, I'm kind of not into that, kind of like collecting, if you will. I'd rather, you know, wear a shirt, or I'd rather, like, have something else. Or, heck, you know, one thing I really like them to do, and uh, because of Disney+, Plus, I'm not too sure if they're going to, like, you know, be itching to do this uh, yet or not. But, you know, when Amphibia is all said and done, release a box set you know like uh, and like put some like you know uh, do, a limited, do a limited edition where you like you know you get some like you know fun stuff that like you know uh, comes with it you know like you know maybe like a map of like you know the whole like you know amphibia world maybe or like uh, you yeah know, I uh, mean just, they you know. did that
1: for Gravity they did that for Gravity Falls.
0: Exactly yeah like, uh, they, did, like they, they did like the whole book you know like uh, where you, like, you have the book and you have, like all the DVDs inside and stuff and like you have some of all the And stuff the, and the and commentary
1: to, so. and the interviews and all that kind of stuff yes. Oh well, yeah
0: do all that kind of stuff you know and uh, yeah, if they did an Owl House version of that where like you know they had uh, the um, you know they had the owl house like you know uh, you know DVDs and stuff like that you know and uh, they had it like you know in case like you know a giant fried owl or whatever like you know I would uh, I would buy that you know (laughs) so like uh, it would uh, it would definitely be uh, something I would definitely you know ponder into So, yeah, um, Matt
1: Burley mentioned on Twitter that he would love to have the opportunity to do merchandise. I mean, he even said, you know, release Marcy's Journal. Um, I'll even love to do an amphibia video game. So, yeah, he's more than open to this.
0: Yeah, like I think mean, these shows definitely deserve video games. They definitely do. I guarantee mm-hmm. you, if, like if this was the nineties, like if this was uh, you know Genesis and uh, you know Super Nintendo, like when the you know when the console wars were really you know starting to, starting to ramp up, yeah, you know, at that point, I guarantee you they would have been you know Owl House and Amphibia video games. No, no yeah. doubt about and,
1: it. And, and then Console Wars on YouTube will be discussing about which one was the better version, the Super Nintendo version or the Sega Genesis version.
0: But, but, but blast processing, Patricia. I <laughs> like uh, <laughs> If only we knew. If only we knew. Uh, yeah, yeah, but... Uh, so, yeah, I mean, like... Uh, but, yeah, merchandise. You know, if you've got a fan... It's just common sense. If you've got a fan base out there who are really passionate about your product and really want to do really well for it, then release release merchandise it's a no-brainer you know so um so let's move on for but by the way let's talk about merchandise for a bit so uh uh, big city greens uh t-shirts are now available on our topic uh according to this so yeah i
1: mean you know shortly after the announcement of the um owl house stuff
0: yeah so i do apologize am i too loud at the moment or, no, uh, no, you're fine. You're oh, fine. fine. Okay, then, yeah, I, just, I, I, I gotta just saw that Patricia take out one of her i like, oh, okay. Then, um, did I, did I get too passionate just then about uh, you know uh, amphibian merchandise. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so Big City Greens got T-shirts available at Hot Topic. So they become, um, I think, uh, is it the third or fourth uh, Disney series I think to uh, get uh, Hot Topic uh, stuff at merch. It's a sorry, it's a uh, Hot Topic. I,
1: I think, think so. I,
0: yeah. Yeah. So uh, because. Uh, um, and uh, I just trying to look at uh, some of the stuff that uh, they've actually got here from the looks of it. So I'm actually going look on mean, the, the I... website itself. So they got, like, uh, the official, light like, Big City Greens T-shirt from what I can mm-hmm. see on there. So that, that's there, too. And uh, also they got um, uh, Bingo bangos also up on there as well. They've got mm-hmm. a, a, a shot of, like, all, like, a girl's T-shirt uh, there, like, the shot of all the characters. Uh, they've got the Space Chicken t-shirt too uh from uh, big city greens and so yeah there is a big white selection of mm-hmm. uh, big city green stuff so yeah, yeah. It up when you can
1: okay yeah and, mm-hmm. and again you know like this is how you know um you know merchandise is partially of how you could be able to support the official release so exactly yeah,
0: yeah. so uh, it's uh, not to say uh, you know we, mystery shack has done some really great stuff not not to discount them for anything like that but so unfortunately like they're not like the you know, the real deal like, you know, your, your real answer uh, of fun is so your real support for them is going to be like going for the Disney, you know, the Disney traits. Also the yeah, but
1: I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is with Disney. I mean, especially when it comes to their television, um, you know, division, but they're terrible when it comes to like releasing official merchandise, unless of course it's like really, 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 really successful. Like if it has over a hundred episodes, then you're not going to be able to see it. I mean, there's no theme park sections. There's no DVD releases. I mean, a lot of these shows that we grew up with, they didn't become available until they became available on streaming sites. No DVDs. I, just, I just
0: don't understand Disney's business model when it comes to like, you know, their, tele- their animated television department you know like uh, they've been they've been doing this for a while like you know he's uh, you were thinking they, about they've they been doing
1: like, th- they've been doing this for over 30 years i know exactly
0: and, and like but that's what i'm saying so i mean like uh, but even then like back in the day like i'm pretty sure there was some gummy bears merchandise back in the day like you know i it was-
1: didn't really see a lot of like i mean i'm sure they had toys and i'm sure they had some vhs tapes but not like to the extent of the stuff that we have today, you know. Yeah, like-
0: but at the same time, like uh, I don't understand how. I mean, from the looks of it, I mean the way that Dana was uh, talking about the way that uh, you know Disney Television seems to be doing that. I mean, they the, like the budgeting and things like that. Like it just seems to be like you know, you know, Disney Disney animated television seems to be more kind of like uh, their thing where they just throw money at it really, but don't like you know try and get a return on it
1: from what I from from what I can see it kind and of so, sounds like disney toon studios in which like they had very very small budgets to do their direct to video movies yeah just like which
0: makes no sense like if you're going to if you're going to do projects like this like you know why on earth would you not do merch and why on earth would you not i mean they're, they're doing merch now you know because fans have demanded it but uh, i mean why would you not like have, factor that into you know your your model when you know trying to put these shows together things like that instead of like you know having you know directors and you know art directors you know have get the begging ball out for you know for for you know for bank for for that because you know and at the minute i you know the whole you know when you when you do the whole you know go through the motions like covid and the pandemic and everything like that and like you know the the park's being closed and like you know not enough money's coming in to like you know do these types of projects you know that 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 that's all that's all well and good but i mean it just makes no sense to me why they sometimes Disney will do projects and put, will basically put money towards it, but not expect anything in return. You know, it's just, it's uh, now I'm not suggesting that, you know, Disney also have to get, get that mentality. I'm not suggesting that at all, you know, but uh, I would have thought that, you know, they would say, hey, you know, um, let's put this together. Let's give them, let's give them money. Definitely give them like significant money to actually, you know, achieve what they want to do with their goals. But at the same time, do it to the degree where, you know, we will then plan for merchandise after the fact. And then we will try and make some money out of that. And then we'll try and recoup some of the costs of, like you know, doing the show. You mm-hmm. know, it's just like it's just it's uh, it was. Uh, I mean, it's not like you know we're uh, doing like it's not like you know, I understand it's not like movies where you, you you can't sell tickets to you know get people to watch a television show. I mean, obviously it's TV, you know, and obviously you know advertising is not going to become a thing anymore. But you know, then there's, it comes back to like, well, what about you know the amount of money that they make through the subscriptions with Disney Plus, you know? And so, I don't know. It's, I don't it's know. Just I a- mean,
1: you know, views. I mean, you have people even maybe purchasing the episodes on like Amazon Prime or something or watching it elsewhere. Yeah. Um, i have no I, idea I,
0: w- I would just like to see how, what what is it that disney is measuring i think in regards to success in the show i mean obviously they're measuring ratings and obviously they're measuring like you know your usual stuff but uh i don't know like i just think uh, i would actually like to say from somebody not necessarily like one of the creators of the show not necessarily that just like someone behind the scenes who is like you know just in the discussions of these things you know like uh, what is uh what is it that, how these shows function now in, in 2021, you know, compared to where we were, you know, like back in the 1980s and 1990s. I mean, we we, yeah. knew, what, we knew what drove these shows. It was advertisements, you know, like, yeah. you know. It uh, was it
1: advertisements. W- it was video games. It was um, commercials. It was um, toys. Yeah, all these toys. Definitely the toys. Definitely the
0: toys. <laughs> you, know, like, uh, you, know, they, you know, like, you know, like, you know, the Transformers toys, you know, like, uh, you know, Transformers, the animated show, didn't say, uh, you know, uh, well, we, we knew what it was about. You know, definitely. And you'd know, t- TMNT, you know, keep in mind that the, the toys came first before, you know, the uh, the cartoon show. So, well, the uh, comics
1: came first. The
0: comics came first, sorry. But, you know, then, then, then there then was the toys then the and car- then there was the cartoon show. Yeah,
1: exactly, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so, like, uh, there was always a driving force for these, for these cartoon shows, but what drives them now in, like, in the, in the modern day? Like it's just, it's i
1: mean like, i don't know maybe maybe it's social media maybe it's um i i maybe it's like um well, was a, a, was a
0: baby th- shark got they got his show so like uh, i think uh, yeah there's definitely that aspect to it but so uh, yeah unfortunately i think uh, you know i think they're going in the wrong places i think i think if you're looking for a rep you know aspired animation i think <laughs> so i don't know yeah i don't know right uh moving away from that um let's talk about light year uh let's talk about ah, uh, yes. yeah yeah so um we watched the trailer for Lightyear, and uh david Bowie's star man uh obviously and uh, mind you this is one of the i mean not to say that we've not had like you know um trailers that have like it because there was the remember the uh, trailer trailer that uh, was brought up for inside out and everyone really didn't like it because it was like you know real emotion for uh, you know red hot chili peppers and then so like, uh, like you know, what what was this? And so yeah, uh, I mean, and then like there was
1: that. a turning red in which they had. Um, I wanted uh, what was it like? Um, oh, uh, the, the larger Boys. than life. Yeah. yeah, the Backstreet Boys. Yeah,
0: yeah, there was that. So like, uh, yeah, it's a uh, Pixar. I've always been kind of like, mm, I think uh, just been kind of like, yeah, I think they need to go for a bit for a few more playlists. I think uh, when it comes to like uh, showing uh, for uh, for trailers, but you know, Starman from David Barry, I think is a good is a good selection. I yeah, I mean,
1: to. they could have easily done Space Oddity. So I'm glad they didn't do that.
0: Well, I mean, Space Odyssey is already done, so I think. Uh, I know it's
1: been done to death at this right. point.
0: Exactly. So I didn't see any point of doing it anymore, any, any again. But I think in regards to, um, I mean, obviously, the, there was one thing that came out of like uh, the reaction out of this is that uh, apparently, you know, Buzz Lightyear looks like a, you know uh, something that would like you know be rendered in like you know in the in the in the twenty in the 2010s, you know, when they did like the hyper realistic like you know cartoon people remember been i think on deviant art where there was oh, it, a yeah. cartoon characters sure. made them, like i have a realistic and so I there was that. some uh reference to that but you know i, I think uh there's actually i actually like to get the look of buzz Lightyear. he actually looks really cool and mm-hmm. uh you know and i think uh one thing i'll be interested to see how chris evans pulls up buzz Lightyear. and uh, a lot of people are asking like you know why didn't they get tim allen for this and like keep this in mind like you know this is a complete move away from buzz Lightyear, the toy Like, uh, this is Buzz Lightyear, like the actual Buzz Lightyear.
1: Yeah, the actual Buzz Lightyear, the actual
0: astronaut. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, it just, it's, uh, it doesn't even seem um, like it it is. I mean like from what I can see like uh, this doesn't seem to be like you know based in like the toy story world from what I can understand like you know it's uh, it's not like you know focusing like the humans from what I can see like uh, this just seems to be like you know uh, a story that just takes place in like you know it seems like another like you know universe kind of story if you will like mm-hmm. an alternative reality like you know this is what uh, buzz lightyear is like in 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 you know in uh, in a different world if you will Oh, my God. Which is
1: actually interesting because, you know, Pixar is always likes to connect it with all the same universe. It's like they always have like Easter eggs and references to each other. So I'm sure at some point, maybe if we see more of the trailer, because remember, this is a teaser trailer. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that once we see more of it, maybe we'll see maybe like clips of like, you know, Buzz Lightyear going into space and kids watching it on TV. And then, you know, it becomes really, really popular. And then the toys are coming out.
0: Maybe, but uh, but the way that the I mean, but from what I can see here, like uh, they seem to be playing this more as like you know uh, as a sci-fi more than it is like you know like oh hey this takes place on planet Earth. I don't know, but uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, it just seems like it looks like it's uh, it looks like it takes place in the future from what I can see. So it's actually
1: interesting, considering that you know if we're going into like Toy Story universe, you know the Buzz Lightyear toys came out in 1995, the same year as the, the movie came out. So it's like. It looks very futuristic but at the same time it's like i mean when does it take place in the 60s the 70s i don't uh, know
0: i don't think it's it no it definitely doesn't take place in the 60s and 70s definitely. no i mean the
1: incredibles definitely looks like it takes place around like the the 60s but uh, that did yeah this, yeah, yeah that uh, did but not not light year
0: yeah light year looks like it takes place in like in some kind of like in some kind of future i think like, mm-hmm. you know uh, i don't know what i mean but no i mean maybe the just uh, where you say oh it takes place in uh, you know 2001 <laughs> space odyssey <laughs> No but uh, I don't think it's that but uh, um yeah but uh, I, the the takeaway I take from it is like it sounds like a really cool sci-fi from what I can see and so and also I think these uh, picks I mean the closest they've really kind of got to kind of like sci-fi techno kind of stuff was kind of like the Incredibles I think you've already and saying. Wally and, and Wall-E, yeah and there was also Wally too hey, maybe boys you know, but like yeah take place in the same place at the same time as Wally maybe I don't know or maybe after Wally. So, it uh, has to
1: take place after Wally because that's when the humans started coming back into Earth.
0: Yeah, so, but, you know, I think we'll get more of an idea because, you know, you know, there's always the Pixar theories and so I think maybe Pixar's maybe may aware of that now and maybe they kind of like, yeah, we have to t- tie this into like another Pixar movie somewhere so uh, okay yeah you know, no doubt we'll see the uh, the famous ball and uh no doubt we'll see you know room you know uh triple two, you know uh, double two eight double two nine so eight double two three so i think is uh yeah
1: eight, yeah I, I get what you're saying
0: 8113 8113 one, eight, one, one, so that, that 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 the room will be somewhere no doubt like maybe that'll be because it's like his quarters maybe i don't know but so yeah <laughs> i think it will definitely get some references to uh you know old you know pixar movies there I you know go that, about that so yeah but uh i mean no complaints. I think a very good teaser trailer. Uh, you know, I like the graphics. I like the um, I like the whole introduction, and uh, I like the whole setup. So um, yeah, I hope it all goes well. Me too. Cool. Okay, moving on. Uh, From Brains Behind uh, Coraline and Get Out uh, meets uh, Wendell of Wild. Uh, it is uh, something from Keegan-Michael Cray, Jordan Peele, the hellishly funny demons of uh, the team named Cat. So uh, this is kind of a weird bit of news that uh, has just come through, but
1: uh, it's from the guys who created Coraline. So, I mean, it's got to be something good, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, we essentially have Key and Peele and Henry Selick doing the directing, and you know, we have another stop motion animated horror comedy film, so that should be interesting.
0: Cool. So, uh, yeah, I've watched it. I mean, like, it's kind of has a Nightmare Before Christmas vibe to it, and also makes a, a lot of sense. It, so. Yeah, make, of course. And so, um, yeah, it's, um, I mean, I would say to everyone, check out the, uh, the itself. One thing I do like about it is, is that uh, I think it's a lot more crisp than I think uh, Coraline was. Because I noticed that, uh, well, at least when I watched Coraline, I noticed it was kind of a bit, kind of like, uh, not choppy, but kind of like, I don't know, just it's, uh, I noticed in places it didn't kind of glue together. This, I know I mean, it this is just a trailer. I mean, like, it's not a full, like, whole presentation or anything like that. But, uh, you know, I like what I see. So, and mm-hmm. uh, it looks great in HD, I have to say. Yeah, it does. So, yeah. I yeah, mean, I
1: remember that Coraline was over like a decade ago, and it was Laika's first full length animated film, and they were still getting their, you know, stretchings there. So, I mean, Laika has done a lot more better stop motion films since then Paranorman, uh, Kipo, and the, and, um, and you know they also had um you know the recent one so yeah they they were they were just starting out so yeah i just think
0: that's um i mean uh, yeah it is unfair to kind of criticize you know Coraline in regards to its look i mean like you know uh, you and i could probably have like you know a field day on you know if uh, you know the way toy story first came out when uh, well there know, you first, go yeah exactly so like <laughs> if we were gonna go on that uh you know ridiculous narrative but uh you know um i think uh, yeah but i think what they've got here is uh, going to be interesting to say the least and uh pretty gross as well from the looks of it it so like uh, mm-hmm. hey it's him smashing a beetle and then he's watching it coming back to life so like uh, you know it's uh okay i'll, I'll you know, get some you know uh, gross uh, enjoyment out of that
1: well there you go but yeah it, it does look very promising that's for sure and uh you know it's actually been a while since henry selig did to him directing the last one was actually Coraline. so yeah he's going back into his roots again that's great
0: okay so uh, wendell and wild um, there's a trailer out for it now uh, coming on netflix i believe so yes. yeah so yeah check it out um moving on um we're going to go to sonic mania and uh, by the way sonic mania the first one uh was a phenomenal success and by the way uh, a really interesting upbringing by the so uh, to, to you all know that is that uh, oh i did believe we lost for so uh um tell you what i'm going to pause this again until i get it back me one second yeah, sorry about that, everybody. We're back. Uh, so, um, Sonic Mania um, was a huge success, no doubt. It was like one of probably Sega's biggest uh, titles. I think it's come out. Also, we had a really interesting upbringing, which uh, first it started off as uh, you know a project done by fans, and then Sega took a look at that and said, "Hey, you know, like, there's a game here." For um uh, for all of us, so uh, they put it up on Nintendo Switch and a various other uh, console platforms. It made lots of money, and uh, you would have thought that the wisest thing to do would be to do Sonic Mania 2. Uh, according to uh, sources internally over at Sega, apparently Sonic Mania Two has been scrapped.
1: Yeah. So I'm just going to read off what it says right here. So this is from uh, comicbook.com. In a recent blog by a video game industry insider that goes by the name Zippo, it was said that Sega had scrapped plans for a Sonic Mania sequel internally in the years since the first game's release. Zippo explained that the reason for this seemed to have been due to a clash of some sort between Sega and Evening Star Studios. The blog in question didn't get too much specifics about what happened, but it did say that Sega of America was a division of Sega that had proven to be the problem. Zippo claimed that Sega of america management was extremely unreasonable leading to a breakup between the publisher and evening star
0: well that's that that's that done then isn't it so Mm -hmm. um,
1: yep you know it's just it's uh
0: i would really be interested to see what the fallout actually was i mean like uh what was it that's i mean i'm sure we're gonna hear about it in an interview somewhere down the line i'm sure there's gonna be a podcast out there somewhere that's gonna want to like say hey what happened here you know like or there's gonna be a youtube video about it no doubt whatsoever but uh you know, like, given the fact that the first one was such a great success, it's just, it's uh, it's mind-boggling to me why, you know, Sega, even if they did get rid of, uh, of Evergreen Studios, like, you know, if uh, they decided, to, you know, why not just say, oh we're just going to go it alone, and we'll just develop it ourselves. And like, you know, and then uh, they can, uh, you know, just only Sony Mania 2, and uh, maybe it'll suck, and then we can say, every well, oh, the first one was better than the second one. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we can say how backwards Sega is actually going.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to take a look at the sales but in terms of like Sonic Mania, you know, to see how it compares to like other ones. And I'm trying to see in terms of like how well did it do? I mean, you know, when it comes to like the original Sonic 2, I think it's still the highest selling of them all. I think it sold like over... Uh, yeah, it sold over 7 million, uh, was, no way, I'm sorry. Uh, it sold fifty million copies. It made over $774 million, uh, no inflation. So that's probably a lot in today's money, but yeah, like as terms of like how much millions that Sonic Mania made, I'm sure that it, you know, probably made a lot considering that it was like a hugely successful game. Uh, oh, here it is. Uh, it says it sold about uh, 1 million copies. I'm sure that there must have been more since then. I don't know if it's in terms of 1 million copies in terms of like the PC port or the PS4 port or the Switch port. I'm not sure. But yeah, I mean, if you consider that, um, it made more than Sonic Boom, which, you know, wasn't a lot. It, I mean, it's still to this day, like, I think it's like next to Sonic Jam, it was like the worst selling of the bunch. So yeah, I think that I'm surprised that it didn't really um get to notion for sega that they could make an agreement between like hey let's see if we can you know do sonic mania 2 and then and then that's when the disagreements with evening star happen. so i'm genuinely evening surprised star, sorry.
0: Why- I, I called the evergreen for some reason i don't know why so it's, uh, yeah <laughs> it's evening right. star okay so uh, there's a um one thing i'm interested to see is that now that's a uh, evening star seems to be kind of broken away from sega i'm interested to see where they go next so, yeah, uh, yeah. I,
1: I think that, um, you know, from what I understand, I think there, there was, like, an article that was, like, released on, uh, what do you call it, like, Kotaku or something that maybe they were planning on even doing their own, like, uh, game. I'm going to just pull it up really quick to see because I think it was, like, announced, like, maybe, uh, like a, I think about a week ago, but let me just double check to be sure because, yeah, I think... Yeah, but uh, while
0: while you're doing that, I think, um, you know, in regards to what Sager has done, Sager has done made a terrible decision by doing this, like, you know, uh, Sonic Mania 2 would have probably been an an epic game, I think, no doubt, and uh, uh, I really, but again, like, uh, I'm only basing this on, like, you know, the limited information that, you know, you and I currently know about this now, and uh, I just think that um, we really need to know more about what happened behind the scenes, really, about uh, what, what happened here. Um, yeah,
1: here it is. Uh, I got it right here. This is an article from Toy Matrix. Um, Evening Star. A team made up of the developers responsible for Sonic Mania is working on an original 3D platformer. So yes, they are working on a new title. So no in- new information about it yet because it was just announced recently. So we'll just have to wait and see.
0: Okay. Well, uh, good luck to them. So mm-hmm. like, I mean, if uh, so, if it's any, if it's uh, like it's uh, twice as good as Sonic Mania, I think they got a winner on their hands. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Okay. Okay, let's talk about this interesting piece of information. So, first we had Smash Brothers, then we had Smash Brothers Ultimate, and then we've had all the other Smash Brothers games, and then we had uh, Sonic, sorry, Nickelodeon All Stars Brawl. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, uh, Warner Brothers, of all people, now want a slice of this pie. And uh, so. It looks like uh, characters from Rick and Morty, the Justice League, Scooby Doo, and various other uh, IPs that Warner Brothers owns may potentially be going into a Smash Brothers type game.
1: Yes. So this was. Remember, this wasn't supposed to be like known. This was actually a leak that happened online. So I'm just going to read off the article that Screen you, can't, you can't keep
0: secrets like this. You just can't. Like, if if you tease the notion of something of, uh, I mean, like, uh, say, for example, like, uh, you know, maybe like card games, for example, or like, you know, something that's going to generate, you know, a lot of buzz. And like, uh, it's gonna be a talking point for you know the social media, for YouTube, for you know various traditional media too. Like, you're not gonna keep this a secret. Someone's gonna come out and say, "Hey, something's going on here," you know?
1: Yeah. So I'm just gonna read off the article of what it says right here. A user by the going, um, a user going by the handle Sponge on the gaming discussion forum Reset Era expanded on some earlier leaks while providing new information regarding about how damage would be dealt in multiverses. So yeah, that's apparently multiverses is what it's called. That's what the Warner Brothers fighting game is called. And so it is a super Smash Brothers style video game and featuring characters such as Rick, just like you said, from Rick and Morty, uh, Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, Batman, Gandalf from Lord of the Rings, and you know the characters from Cartoon Network, such as Finn and Jake from Adventure Time. So yeah, this thing has been leaked online. It's been spreading around and... Um, You know, it hasn't been confirmed. Again, take this with a grain of salt. But people are actually talking about this actually being a thing.
0: Well, I think it is a thing. Wouldn't you agree? Like, like, why? I mean, after the success of Smash Brothers, and after the success, moderate success of uh, Nickelodeon All Stars Brawl, why wouldn't Ronda Brothers kind of look at this and say, "Yeah, we we want that too." Also, I bet you as well. I think a lot of companies are a bit disappointed that. I mean, I, I can't help thinking that Ni- Nintendo, at some point, probably had a lot of conversations with uh, various people about who could potentially enter Smash Brothers Ultimate, and mm-hmm. uh, maybe now it's got to the point where you know when. You know, when they announced that, uh, you know, um, the last you know character was going to be from uh, Kingdom Hearts, I yeah. think uh, th- I think that's when. And now I think that's basically been the the, uh, the driving point for a lot of companies to say, yeah, it's now time for us to make our own fighting games. And because the likelihood is like, you know, Smash Brothers is now coming to an end, and it is coming to an end. You know, that's the last character that's going to enter you know into the Smash Brothers universe. Yep. And uh, now they basically says, you know what, screw it. We're going to make our own Smash Brothers game with black jack and hookers. You know, <laughs> you that. Yeah, that is actually it is. And so, and, uh, you know, it might actually, it wouldn't surprise me if that's what you one of Brothers go Because, you know, one Brothers, you know, Brothers are loads of characters under the. Yeah. Look at look at Space Jam, for example. Like, you know, look at all the people that they stuck into that movie, like, for mm-hmm. better for worse. So, um, likely it is now, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really surprised that uh you know this is another thing as well like this might be something that we, they might actually be doing to kind of bank off the space jam franchise again you know like uh, they will do like you know uh, this this fighting game and it will be um you know they'll somehow tie it in with space jam somehow i'm pretty sure like uh, i don't know i get that feeling about what warner brothers would actually do that
1: i mean would they even get the rights to having lebron james as a fightable character well,
0: why they you know, need lebron james like you know you got you got the looney tunes characters so I mean, like they they carried the company for for a good good couple of decades. When we I all guess agree, yeah. So um, I mean, maybe LeBron James could get like a licensing deal. And maybe he'll probably appear in the game. I don't know, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll probably find out about that. But uh, I mean, I got to be honest. Um, not I mean, it's easy for us to get excited about Nickelodeon because obviously we're Nickelodeon fans. But uh, I don't know how much I would say I'm a Warner Brothers fan all that much like I'm a fan of the looney tunes don't get me wrong I like the looney tunes but uh, well I mean uh, there's
1: also DC you know a lot of you know the iconic superhero characters like Batman I don't watch the,
0: and- I don't watch the DC universe movies or like oh, uh, okay. know, yeah I like uh, yeah but I'm on the animated series is probably like the last time I was like super you know invested I guess in a in a series I think you know unless you're about to remind me of another series I probably was invested in you know not what about ago. Justice League um not so much i mean i would say i go to batman the animated series and i think it was like on the crossovers of justice league and actually no i, I lie then it went to batman beyond after that didn't it and yes. uh, then i think it went to justice league unlimited i believe i think mm-hmm. uh, I mean, when, when did the justice league cartoons actually start coming out i can't remember it was around uh... 2002
1: 2003
0: so that was just a bit after batman beyond wasn't it uh yes. if i'm great yeah so it got to batman beyond and then i kind of it out after that like you know i was interested in like what other people were doing at the time and uh, so i think uh you know i wasn't even into superman that much the animated series like you know and uh, so like i only just kind of like i touched on a couple of episodes of superman and then after that that was enough to kind of like get me to understand like you know the batman superman crossover series that they did okay. so and so you know it's um yeah, I mean like uh, I highly doubt that 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 style style of anime you know sorry style of characters is gonna appear in this you know beat them up if they're gonna if they're gonna do that I don't think I mean
1: it says right here on the official leak, it says that characters such as like Batman and Harley Quinn are gonna be in here
0: yeah but not in the style of like you know Batman the animated series if you know that's what I'm true. saying they're gonna use the modern you know like uh, well who's in the movies right now I think I think I think that's gonna be who's gonna be in the style either that or like you know they've got injustice. So, like, uh, maybe they'll probably do it in that style, maybe. Mm-hmm. Know, that's Makes even sense. more weird to think about. Like, you know, they're saying, oh, we're going to do a Smash Brothers style, like, you know, beat them up, but we already got Injustice series. You know, like, uh, it's like, you know, I know there's only a certain amount of Injustice you can do, but still, like, you know, it's tied into that, maybe. So I mean,
1: especially with Injustice, I mean, you have a lot more superheroes with exactly. the, this this leak, as far as we know. And yeah, TMNT as well. Nope, there you go.
0: Yeah, and they're in Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl, which I don't know if they can license them for uh, this... Uh, other game or not, I'm not no they sure. can't
1: because they're uh, they're owned by viacom now
0: yeah exactly so either yeah, like that viacom is going to get a good good get a good big payday i don't know but uh, mm,
1: no nah, I, I don't think they're going to let go of it anytime soon considering that we have that tmnt movie coming out
0: exactly yeah so like uh um but uh i don't know like uh um it's kind of weird i don't feel excited for this i don't like okay. uh just uh i mean do you feel excited for it at all, i'm like, more curious than anything yeah it's just it's kind of like you know when nickelodeon all-stars brawl kind of did that thing it was kind of like yeah like you know it's sort of makes sense but i don't know i want to see some more flesh on this really i just want to see what this is about and where we're going with this also it's kind of weird to think because uh, have you seen that fan game of like the um the 2d uh mortal Kombat uh that uh features like uh, all the uh Kind of like all the sprites from like the Super Nintendo and like Genesis era, oh, yeah, like the, yeah, remember, that one, yeah. Like, you know, He you play as Razor Ramon from like you know the uh, WWF, you know, arcade, you know, arcade yeah. games, and uh, so uh, you know, Shaggy's in that too, which is kind <laughs> of, like, of so course, he is. It's gonna be kind of weird, like watching Shaggy, like, I mean, he's not an official game, so obviously, he doesn't count, but uh, I mean, like, it's gonna be kind of weird, you know, knowing that he was there at one point and then all of a sudden he's going into uh, Warner Brothers the next. Mm, yeah. I don't know, I don't know, so. Well, so anyway, not much uh, news, I think, from Nickelodeon I, again, this is, at all, as well. As well, oh, well, as well,
1: or even, or even this multiverses thing. Again, this is a leak. Take it with a grain yeah. of salt. We don't even know if it's real or not.
0: Yeah. like it. Also, it might get renamed as well because now, like, you know, Facebook's meta now, apparently. So, uh, um, yeah, so maybe they might make something else to kind of, like, keep it away from, like, that name. I don't know. So, I don't know. All right. Um, okay, um, Nintendo Switch Online's N64 games have a few issues. So, um, I think, you know, Patricia wasn't a fan of Nintendo 64, or didn't own a Nintendo 64 console at the time, so I, no. I'll, I'll start off with this first. So, um, the emulates, apparently, on the Nintendo Switch, uh, apparently, the way that these Nintendo 64 games operate is through an emulator, you know, like, uh, um, I don't know how what the emulation is, I don't think it's Project 64, I don't think it's, uh, you know, any type of, like, you know, one that's available online, as far as I'm aware. Basically, what happens is, it's that uh, they basically operate off like, uh, you know, something that would be like kind of like DOS box in a way, like you would emulate the, uh, the experience of being on DOS or emulate the experience of being on Nintendo 64 in this case. So, um, but the emulation is uh, not that great from what I understand from people who have used it because um, on the, say for example, Mario Kart 64, uh, if you want to do the time trials, um, one thing it does tell you about is uh, to get a memory pack put into the Nintendo 64 controller. So basically, you can save the data. Now, um, the problem is, is that uh, you're not playing with the Nintendo 64 controller, and you're not even playing, you know, with an it's actually proper Nintendo 64. So the emulation doesn't. Understand that it's not on an Nintendo Switch. It thinks it's on an Nintendo. It thinks it's on an Nintendo 64. So it looks for the controller back, can't find it because obviously you know that hardware does not exist within the technology, and therefore throws up a warning saying that's you know it's not there to basically save the thing. And this is apparently a a constant theme. Apparently that goes on with these Nintendo 64 games because. Um, what they've done is, is that they basically just taken the, the, the ROM of the game that would normally be uh, copied over onto the cartridge. They've stuck it you know, as a downloadable onto the uh, onto the Nintendo Switch, but have not given the thought that you know, the, it doesn't recognize that the hardware is there. So you've probably got games asking for rumble packs. You've probably got games asking for particular controllers. You've probably got games asking for particular things that would normally be in the Nintendo 64. I'm surprised we are not actually got any warnings about you know, expansion packs yet. I was saying you can't <clears throat> find the expansion pack, I'm quite surprised if that's the uh, the emulation problems that they seem to be having. But, you know, no doubt Nintendo will probably be aware of this from feedback. They'll probably fix it in patches, maybe. And uh, then, because they patch their games now, which is a great thing. And uh, so now, which they didn't do before. So obviously, you know, there's all sorts of cheating and going in multiplayer games and all sorts of bugs that you can find and stuff like that. So uh, that's a good thing from Nintendo. that they thought, you know, they thought, you know, after so many decades, of like just having their games fixed in one place. They thought to have like a patching schedule, which is great. It only took them a you know a couple of decades after Xbox first launched. But I mean um, to be
1: quite honest, I mean, that's pretty much Nintendo in a nutshell exactly, in which they're yeah. pretty much behind in that kind of stuff. So it's unfortunately it's just to be expected. Yeah. But unfortunately,
0: you know, if you're looking for the genuine Nintendo 64 experience, you have to buy a Nintendo 64. <laughs> Like, which is not uh, going to be easy. No, it's not. Well, I've got two of them. So, like, uh, it's uh, <laughs> for a combination of, like, uh, you know, acquiring and also buying myself. But, you know, I, you know, um, as someone, you know, in regards to, like, you know, just using emulators, which I think is, you know, I think is a bit sad, really, that, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, you're going to have to do these th- games somehow. In some way, but I'm not. I don't know about you, Patricia, but I feel a bit disappointed that this is just, uh, you know, just doing it for an emulator, and actually not programming the games to actually be adapted to the hardware, which I yeah, think is probably what the- you should do.
1: Yeah that that is true and also you know um I've re- I, re- I recently listened to an episode of the Animated Anarchy podcast where they were discussing about like film restoration and you know certain you know shows and movies are going to be like preserved because of its uh, you know cultural significance and there's going to be some that are going to be forever p- protected and then there's going to be some that are going to be lost to time and you know, same thing with games. It's like, you know, we're, we're never going to have Super Mario Brothers be out of print. We're never going to have that case because, you know, it's going to be around forever in terms of like being available in like all types of ports. But then you have like, maybe like that one obscure game that you remember from your childhood and not a lot of people know about it. You know, unfortunately, that's not going to be preserved as much. Maybe the original assets will be gone. Maybe, you know, um, copies of it will become extremely rare and, you know, you know, finding an opportunity to play it other than, then getting the official release or, you know, having emulation, is, it's going to be tough.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, you know, the Library of Congress, you know, like, yeah. uh, they, like, they have, like, all sorts of historical, like, you know, music and things like that. Like, you know, maybe they should start doing the same thing for video games. That would be now.
1: nice, actually, because, yeah. you know, a lot of movies, if, if you remember from the Library of Congress, every single year, they updated to let them know that this is, you know, culturally and historically important they don't do that for games. I mean, other than like the Video Game Hall of Fame or like the the, the Smithsonian if they highlight something, but no, they don't do that for games and they I mean, should even actually. Even
0: with Hall of Fames, like all you basically just get is a plaque on a wall and like, you know, maybe like a screenshot of a game or something like that. Like, But at uh, least
1: they acknowledge it. Exactly. But that's just
0: acknowledgement. I mean, like uh, having an archive of like every single game, I think in, uh, you know, in existence and having at least a copy of it, you know, like uh, just existing somewhere and being restored. I think uh, that's, uh, you know, keeping history alive in that regard i think is probably going to be more productive than you know just i mean saying, it has you know. to
1: be considering that i've heard a lot of stories about like the original assets are gone and so that's why we couldn't port it i mean that's why they had to do kingdom hearts 1.5 final mix whatever they call it because they lost the original assets of kingdom hearts and so they had to redo the game from scratch mm-hmm. same thing when but, they try you to-
0: know i i would argue that if you're going to re-release i mean look at uh, look at the wings awakening on, uh, on the Nintendo Switch. That looks pretty good, actually, being remade from the ground up. So Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, th- here's the thing, because you're, you're talking about a Game Boy game that was, like, from over 25 years ago. So yeah. there was still a lot of... There was a reason why they a lot of people wanted to bring that back. But let's just say, um, you know, like a, a very obscure game from, like, a very obscure franchise. I mean, other than, you know, people who are a very niche audience, would they be able to, like, you know, argue that, hey, we should bring this back? I mean... Unless, of course, if the demand is there, it's very unlikely. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, you know, prices go up and up and up. And then when they do finally officially release it, what if it's buggy, just like the the switch ports of the Nintendo 64 games, then people are going to have to go buy the official copies and, you know, finding them on eBay or finding them on Amazon are really, really expensive. And so some people are saying, you know, I don't have $1,000 to spend on Majora's Mask, so I'm going to have to either buy the 3DS port, which, again, that's also pretty pricey, too. Or some people are going to say, I have no choice but to emulate it.
0: Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Like, uh, some games, unfortunately, will just be lost to time. Like, I don't see, like, a huge crowd of people, like, you know, itching's likes to watch play, you know, FIFA World Cup 98 again, something like that, you know?
1: Yeah, because, I mean, what's and for some people who are not FIFA fans, it's like, what's the point? I have FIFA 2023.
0: Yeah, exactly. So... But uh, you know um, these these emulate these emulated games. Like uh, they need they need to fix them because uh, like either that you know do remasters of these games and uh, yeah okay they won't be the same as the original you know title but you know like uh, at least it will be something rather than you know just having a game that has like you know a load of bugs in it because it doesn't know where the controller pack is it doesn't know where the expansion pack is and it doesn't know where where the buttons are you know like uh, that's you know what's the point of releasing that you know.
1: I mean, I don't understand why they're having an issue with this. They were able to release, you know, the Nintendo 64 games just fine on the Wii and the Wii U. So why is the Switch a problem?
0: No clue. Um, All right. Yeah.
1: All right, then. Um, uh, Patricia, I think you
0: probably got your eye better on this than I do. But uh, PlayStation's uh, State of Play was this week. And so uh, any any highlights from uh, that that particular event?
1: Oh yes, absolutely. So there were a lot of indie games that were shown, which is fantastic. I'm always supporting the indie titles. And then there were a lot of other games that were um available, uh, you know, released and uh, announced that saying, "Okay, we're going to be having this coming out soon or we're releasing um a prototype or a demo right now." So, here's some of the highlights. Uh one of them is uh Death First Let It Die, which is I believe kind of like a um kind of like a sequel almost to the uh 2016 game let it die by suda 51 which if you know suda 51's work his work is really really crazy and out there you know no more uh, better example than the um no More Heroes games. So yeah, thanks to Super Trick Games, they're going to be releasing a sequel to this cult classic, and it's going to be coming out for the PS4 and PS5 next spring. An indie title that is going to be coming out is We Are OFK, which is the life of an indie pop band, OFK. A music biopic promises to be interactive, episodic adventure that f- features the group's challenge quest to bring their debut EP to life, featuring all manner of topics from dating to paying rent in Los Angeles, the making of the South style title will be launching around in 2022. Uh, The next one is uh, Bugsnax, which we did kind of briefly talk about. So it's it's essentially like a 3D platformer game uh, akin to like, something that you would see like the Nintendo 64 era, except that it features bugs. And it was an indie title, but now it's being more explored into other platformers, I mean, other uh, consoles, including the PlayStation 5. So that's going to be coming out pretty soon. Uh, the next game that is coming out soon and uh, I'm, I'm surprised at this point, considering of how much that uh, we've talked about it. So Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. They just released their trailer and um, they are revealing some new information regarding about like the new animatronics and the new gameplay and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be coming out December 16th, which I'm quite surprised considering that I know that, I mean, if you listen to our previous episodes of Aaron Patricia, Scott Cawthon said some or did some things that were not um, positive towards a certain group of people, but go listen to our episodes of that to know more about details on that. Uh, Next one is Death's Door, which is an action adventure indie RPG uh, that is done by Acid Nerve. And it's going to be coming out on November 23rd. And we have Kart Rider Drift. Um, It's kind of like Mod Nation Racers, if you remember, from the PS3. So... Uh, on Korea, who is the developer of this, is going to be having kind of like a uh, chibi style, cute looking cart racing game and uh, you get to do customizations and you get to race around with your friends and that'll be coming out on December 8th. Uh, another one that's going to be coming out for a lot of people who are really excited about this if you're a fan of this fighting franchise is King of Fighters. So King of Fighters 15 is going to be coming out on February 17th, 2022 and it's going to be featuring some new characters as well as the characters that you already are familiar with, with the Kf, uh, KOF series, uh, the beta form will be released on November 19th so that you can be able to get a taste of what is to come. Uh, another game that's going to be coming out uh, in April of 2022 is First Class Troubles. Um, I believe that the same company who did... Um, the I don't uh, I have to remember invisible walls. I, I have heard of them, but I need to remember what they what other games that they release. but it's kind of like a uh, a mis- um, kind of like a murder mystery kind of thing. So it plays um, noticeable homages to other uh, murder mystery games such as the Hitman series and other games and that's going to be coming out on November 2nd. And uh, finally we have uh, Star Ocean, the Divine Force uh, from Square Enix. And a lot of people were hoping that um, State of Play was going to be the announcement of a Square Enix game, especially Final Fantasy 16. but no, we instead got Star Ocean, The Divine Force, which is part of the Star Ocean JRPG franchise, and that's going to be coming out sometime this year. Uh, Little Devil Inside, which is another indie title done by Neostream Interactive, and it is a, an adventure game, so uh, if you're interested in that, uh, that should be coming out, uh, I believe, in 2022. And, uh, yeah, those are the highlighted games that are going to be coming out um, in the next few months or even by the next year, according to Sony's state of play.
0: Okay, cool. So a lot of great stuff coming on PlayStation.
1: hmm
0: Okay. And finally, um, Apple came out with this really crazy statement, and uh, I don't know whether to laugh or even cry, But uh, I'll just basically go with it. Apple says that it competes with PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo in signs of gaming importance.
1: Okay. Um, Have any of you guys heard of the Apple Pippin?
0: Mm, Yes. And uh, it was not a good story.
1: No, 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 no. So for any of our younger listeners who are wondering, what is this Pippin you're talking about? Well, the Apple Pippin was a video game console that came out from Apple around the late 90s to try to cash in on the popularity of, you know, these kind of 3D platformer games like uh, you have with like Nintendo 64 and PlayStation, various things. It crashed and burned hard.
0: You know, I'm just, I'm just laughing at this right now. Like, uh, released in Japan in March of, 8th of 1996. Oh yeah, that's gonna give Super Nintendo a run for its money. The Super <laughs> Famicon, I should say. But uh, uh, and also you know that 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 Sega Genesis, oh no, you know like uh, we can compete with that blast processing. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, it kind of reminds me of like the the 3DO, and which they were saying like, oh yeah, the the Genesis and the Nintendo, you know, don't worry about those because those are babies' toys. You know, our gaming console is the real deal. And then that just gone off to do nothing. I'm, I'm
0: surprised the biggest the game on uh, in Apple Pippin' is probably Photoshop. Probably like yeah, you know, that's probably. Like Proto somewhere. Photoshop, yeah. Okay, so the here's the thing: the Apple Pippin at the time, the introductory price was five hundred and ninety nine U S dollars. Gee, I wonder where. <laughs> oh, this was before the PlayStation Three. So, uh, oh, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah.
1: Make make fun of the giant enemy crabs all you want, but that seriously, like, imagine having to pay that in the late nineties. Yeah, exactly. That well, five hundred and
0: ninety nine U S dollars in uh, that was in yeah between, in nineteen ninety six. So uh, I'm just gonna try and do rounding up to inflation now. So how much would it cost if uh, this came out today? Um, let's have a look. into inflation calculator. Um finding event, we're starting to look at this now. Um in today's price, that console would have cost one thousand and seventy-eight dollars.
1: Wow. No,
0: no, no. Yeah. And also uh what was you know, I didn't even think we can't even remember what the launch titles were. Do we actually remember once or one remember what the launch titles were? No. Yeah. Okay. So I mean we're just making fun here at this point. Like I mean, it's not what Apple are getting at basically when it says that they're competing on I me. Mean, what they actually mean is that about 70 so um seventy percent of their app, app store purchases are basically coming from gaming apps. Okay, so that, that does make
1: a lot of sense because you have like Angry Birds and Farmville and all those but, kind of games. You that know, makes
0: sense. But yeah, but you know, like they either you download them for free or you basically only pay like a pittance for them. You know, like they're mobile games. There's no. There's no serious game on there that you would say that, oh, hey, you need to uh, put down your Xbox uh, Series X, and you need to put down your PlayStation 5 or PlayStation 4, and you need to put down your Nintendo Switch and get onto your, your, your mobile phone or your iPad and play this game. You know, no, there's no, been no game so far that's done that, as far as I'm aware. I, think I Fortnite- mean, not,
1: not, even, not even handheld games have done that. Exactly.
0: You know, like well, it's with the exception of the Game Boy and the Game Boy Advance, you know, like when Nintendo, you know, was doing handheld handheld games, then there was a place, you know, they actually made fun games for you actually to kind of pick up and actually play. But so the thing with those is that they actually had like you know controller, you know, proper controller, you know, inputs into them. You weren't just pressing on the screen. So, Yeah, help, you know,
1: did you it. did you have you seen the controller on the Apple Pippin? I don't it know. has a trackball in the middle of it.
0: Exactly, yeah. I, I mean, I, I
1: even I, I make fun of the Nintendo 64 with this three-prong controller, but the fact that it has a trackball in there, it's like, okay, that's too much.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's, uh, no. So, like, uh, so, but here's the thing, like, uh, I just look at, do you remember the last time that, and by the way, um, I actually found out what that game was, actually, that was being made fun of when it was released on mobile. It was uh, Diablo Immortal. Uh, if you remember, oh,
1: that's right. Yeah, when Blizzard when Blizzard made the announcement about the new Diablo game, and then everybody booed, and it's like, do you guys not have phones? I remember
0: exactly. Yeah, and like well, the first guy that came up and said, "Is this a joke? Is this an April a- a- version?" Like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, you guys got all got phones. It's like that's not the point. Like you know, you it's like uh, you may have one of your biggest franchises, which everyone's not seen in a good long while. And your first incentive is to release it on the freaking, you know, iPhone or whatever. Like, you know, like uh, iPhones are there to communicate with people. iPhones are there to uh, update your social media account. Update. Uh, 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 iPhones are there so you can rant and rave about, uh, you know, your anti-vaccine nonsense on Twitter. You know, like uh, that, that. that's why your iPhone exists. It's not that. It's not really that. I don't play games on my iPad and I don't play games on my iPhone. I just don't. I don't see it as a gaming device. I just don't. Like, I mean, you know, what- I, I
1: mean, I would see it as like maybe number 20 on the things that I use my iPhone for. I use it to communicate with my family. I use it to uh, put my schedule together. I use it to update my social media stuff. I use it for maybe recording some stuff if I need to. I use it for taking pictures. But yeah, gaming is not like top 10, it's not even top 20.
0: I'll tell you what, actually, what's uh, let's, let's have a look. What's the best selling games? Uh... It has
1: in, to be ang- uh, it has to be Angry Birds. I mean that thing is no no. I'm actually,
0: I mean, no. We're we're, good. we're doing the whole gaming industry. What's the biggest? What's the best selling games in 2021? Um, okay. The best selling video games, and uh, we're going to go on NPD Group for this uh, for this data. Okay, so um, mm-hmm. All right, So far in this list that they put together, it's um, so there's a uh, Life is Strange: True Colors by Square Enix.
1: Okay, and, and that's that's console and PC.
0: That's console and PC. Uh, Marvel Spider Man uh, Miles Morales on by Sony. PlayStation. That is title. PlayStation. Yep, yep. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which is uh, Sony. Go, Ghost, of
1: Sh- uh, Ghost of Ghost of Tsushima. That's Shishima, um. Yeah, sorry. That is, I believe, Xbox One and PlayStation Four.
0: Oh, okay, then because it's made by Sony, so that's interesting. That's come up. Oh on no, it. no, you're right. You're right. It is it's a, yes, it's, PlayStation. It, it's a, yeah. it's a PlayStation game, yeah. Okay. Um, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War.
1: I mean that's almost every console.
0: console. Yeah, every console. Defloop, which is a uh, multimedia game manufacturers. Um, that, I think uh, Deathloop, I think. And we just have a look. Uh, I'm just going to look at this now. Um, I think it's a I think console games. Cons- yeah, yeah console definitely game. console games. So we're released on uh, uh, what's, uh, what platforms? We on PlayStation Five and win- Microsoft Windows.
1: Okay, so PC and, PC PlayStation, and 5. PlayStation
0: Five. Yeah. Uh, Diablo 2 Resurrected, console PC. Game. Yeah, PC. Or- Oh, mm-hmm. i think i think there'll be other two resurrects on console i think oh okay
1: so cool okay let me
0: i'm just going to show this now before you know where. yeah saying, because when i
1: when I think, it up...
0: not, baby, I think of playstation 4 xbox series x xbox s and xbox one and more and actually it's even released on even more uh, places as well
1: so okay we can... yeah because when i think of diablo i think of pc yeah oh it's on the mac <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's not an iPhone device, but whatever. Um, okay. Tales of Arise by Bam Namco Entertainment. Okay, so that's console. That's console as well. NBA uh, 2K 22. Console. 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 FIFA 22. Console. Console. Uh, and finally, number one, according to uh, MPD.com, is Madden NFL 22. Console. Is John Madden still around? I don't
1: know. Okay, is it? A-
0: uh, I'm just a look at this now. John, John, he's been around for a long time. He's, uh, I, I,
1: I mean, I'm surprised. Well,
0: 85 years old and still has games games named after him.
1: Good for him, man. Yeah, I'm sure he's probably retiring in an island at this point with all the residuals that he gets.
0: Yeah, it's probably like you know, it's like no, nah, that's all the uh, John Madden games. That's how I retired. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, yeah, but you know, just just looking there on the top ten video games, at least we can see here, like uh, it's just um, there's there's you know there's no mention of iPhone or iPad or iOS or anything like that. Like uh, they just you know they are not. I mean, you can say, oh, yeah, well, we're percentage of, you know, the downloads on the App Store. But, you know, if that's not coming in returns and all people are doing is just downloading games for free. In fact, you know, I guarantee you that if you ask people uh, who probably play games, where do you make, do- if you play games on your phone, what would you do? I guarantee you, it's like, I will get an Android phone. I download an emulator and I play some of the games I used to play on Game Boy, uh, Genesis, uh, Super Nintendo, even Xbox. Even, uh, you know, uh, Nintendo, 60, Nintendo 64. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, those are the games that they'd be playing, I think, on uh, on mobile games.
1: Yeah, you know? I, I mean, I, I, I think that... Um, the, now, the, here's the thing. I do know that there are some cases in which that's not because I believe that, you know, countries such as, like, uh, Russia, they are very heavy when it comes to anti-pirating in consoles. And so that's why a lot of the games that they get is mobile games. I can understand for cases like that. But here in like the United States and maybe in other countries, that's not in which we rely on consoles and PCs. So maybe if Apple is going to be focusing on maybe other countries, then maybe it could be a possibility it will be a hit. But they I think they really need to think hard that, you know, mobile games are not going to, you know, connect it to a main wide stream audience when they still have consoles. It's, it's, it's It kind of reminds me of like the... Um, uh, what was it like that? That, that Amika video game that we talked about like a few mo- uh, weeks ago where, you know, Tommy Tallarico was saying, like, we're doing this, you know, in television thing because we want to, uh, you know, gear towards like a, a gaming uh, audience who thinks that today's gaming market is too complicated. So, you know, I mean, I'm sure that there's an audience out there, but it's not big enough.
0: Exactly. So, um, I mean, my advice to Apple is, is, that if you want to get into the gaming business, get into the gaming business, and you know, but uh, make some hardware that you can actually play, you know, is actually really entertaining games on. You yeah, know, you I don't, guess- you,
1: do, you don't want to end up what Google did. Yeah, Nobody well, wants to end up what Google did.
0: Right. Oh, well, the, with the uh, the freaking Stadia.
1: The Stadia. So, is yes. that
0: thing still going?
1: I haven't heard anybody talking about the, the thing in over a year. The last time that I heard some people talking about it, there was, like, crashes, and there was not enough third-party Well, support, I so-
0: heard that they released... Um, oh, yeah, Stadia is still going, from what we can see. So um, it's nine ninety nine a month still. But, uh, I mean, from what I understand from Stadia is that, um, you know, when they released Doom Eternal, like, uh, I think they said... I mean, I don't know if um, it was said that Doom Eternal will play in 4K... But apparently, uh, some people have said that uh, when the first Doom Eternal uh, arrived on the stadium, apparently it was just like upscaled for you know ten eighty p. So like um, that- that's not good.
1: No and and also let's not forget Amazon tried to get themselves into the gaming industry just last year and the only game that they tried to release, it got cancelled even bef- you know like a few weeks after they released it.
0: Exactly, yeah, so it's just it's uh, it's funny like you know probably the uh, the only player I've probably seen that's tried to make a dent in the uh, in the console markets, but surprisingly enough, it's been KFC with that uh, you know that that uh, you know that fried chicken warming console that they had. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, just it's uh, even then. Like uh, I couldn't imagine having fried chicken and then playing a game afterwards and having like grease all over your controller. You know, like it's just. Yeah, this,
1: that w- uh, I'm surprised there hasn't been any fires.
0: Oh it, it, well, it's not supposed to. Be, it's not supposed to cook the chicken. It's supposed to give you warm. That's what it's supposed. I to know,
1: be but with. still, it's like. You know, if if any, like, even the slightest thing were to go off, I'm sure that that would cause, like, a little spark or something.
0: Well, I could probably imagine, like, it's probably, you know, uh, vacuum seal. It's not, not vacuum sealed. It's probably, like, you know, like, properly, like, you know, sealed. So, like, uh, you know, it's uh, probably just, uh, you know, they probably just done what they do with swimming pools and just kind of, like, you know, just sealed it across the side and just have it just, you know, heat up. It's probably, like, a little... It's probably, like, having a mini hot tub without any water in it, probably.
1: Interesting. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean... You know, I I wish Apple the best of luck if they're able to, you know, do this. I mean, you know, Good luck, you'll
0: need it. (laughs) Okay. uh, Yeah, like, uh, but no, seriously, I think, you know, as technology starts to improve, I could probably imagine that Apple will eventually probably create something that will be powerful enough to do, you know, handheld gaming. But I think if they wanted to do it, like, uh, say, for example, like, uh, I would probably, uh, you know, create, like, accessories where you could like slot the the iPhone into like you know like a little case and make it look like you know I give it like a little like D digital pad or like you know a little thumbstick or whatever add some buttons on like on the other side and make it into like a like into like a little like Game Boy kind of like little like little deal. And by the way, yeah. th- those um accessories actually exist. You know you can get phone cases which actually have like you know uh, button controls in them and everything like that. So if you wanted to play your game, you know, or if you wanted to play you know something like that and like it had controller functionality within the app you can't do that that's true you know, like uh, but as far as i'm concerned unless you know apple is going to uh, embrace um you know usability of their games and not just have it where you have to tap the screen then you know as far as i'm concerned they're uh, they're not going to touch nintendo they're not going to touch xbox they're not going to touch playstation you know those are the three ga- those three guys have been dominant in the industry for a reason that's mm-hmm. because they know exactly how to appeal to gamers. And unless, you know, uh, Apple does the same thing and, uh, you know, walks away from it's like, oh, well, we're just, you know, um, you know just uh, we produce these iPhones, we produce these iPads, and we just put them for a general audience. I mean, like, uh, that's not going to win the day uh, with gamers, unfortunately. You know, the, the gaming audience is a more unique bunch of people than I think Apple gives them credit for. Yeah. And
1: also, I mean, usually, I don't know about you, but usually when I play like a mobile game, I usually play it for like maybe five or 10 minutes tops. If I want to sit down and play like a really good console or PC video game, I could easily spend 30 minutes or maybe over an hour or even even a few hours for that. I think that by just looking at a small screen and then just playing like a mobile game for hours and hours, it gets kind of repetitive and boring.
0: Yeah. You know, like, even here's the thing, like, uh, um, well, one thing I will give credit for for Apple, by the way, I mean, like, this isn't all bad news. Like, one thing I'll give it credit for, for Apple is that they do have retro games on there. Like, you can play Sonic the Hedgehog if you wanted to on your, uh, on your iPhone, and you can play, like, some of the old retro games that, you know, you can pay for an app for. Like, you have to pay, like, five bucks for them. But, you know, like, what's five bucks? But uh, I mean, at least you'll have it on your phone. And if you wanted to ever get it out at one point, and just have a mess around with it, you can do. But that's the thing. Like, again, it's just a mess around for 30 minutes. It's not necessarily you're going to sit there for like hours on end trying to complete Sonic the Hedgehog at the right. same time. Also, there's one thing I will give it credit for, you know, compared to that, you know, that Coleco catastrophe that we were talking about. So it was oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that whole thing where, that, you know, like. Uh, something like that. Yeah. I will give one credit for, for Apple's, uh, you know, I've iPhones and iPads. And I'll just end with this. At least they play Doom. <laughs> At least. <laughs> and with that, I think we'll end the show. So, yeah, let's uh,
1: let's end it right here because we can't go any further than We can't this. solve
0: that, yeah. Take care, everybody. Have a good weekend. We'll see you, you know, the next weekend where we talk about all our fun little things.
1: So. All right. See you later, guys. Bye-bye.